You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Let me ask you guys, who believes that living for Jesus is worth it? Man, it is worth it. You know, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Um, And I'm so excited because, uh, you know, a lot of the work and a lot of the challenges and struggles we've gone through, uh, here we are. It's been worth it. Hey, I want to let you know, if you're upstairs, there's about... Uh, there's almost a, a five seats in the back here. There's three seats over here. There's three seats over there. You don't have to, to hide up there in the back row because the front row can see, but everybody after that, you're pretty much, you know, just listening. You might as well be in your car. So uh, there's room down here. Can you hear me upstairs? Okay. We are still working through sound stuff, so... Uh, just kind of bear with us as we grow and as we work out details. As Sean said, Kid Venture is next week. So all these wonderful, beautiful children in service today will be in Kid Venture next week. So there'll be additional seats available for that. We're going to be each week, there's going to be something updated, fresh, renewed. We're going to be building a stage in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be adding things to the room, projection lights. And eventually that whole upstairs is going to be built out to be a meeting rooms and that sort of stuff. So there's three spaces, right? You know you want to sit on the front row. All the cool cats sit on the front row. You guys are probably in the back up there. Right? <laughs> That's like quite an extreme. All right. Well, because the kids are in service today, I'm only going to preach for an hour. So uh, we're all set. So get your markers out and your paper because no, actually it's going to be a, a short service, and we're going to do communion, uh, to, but I am going to share uh, today. Starting Living Way has been worth it, y'all. We have been in the AMC Theater. Uh, this year would have been 11 years. We moved in in 2006 uh, into the movie theater. Um, we, as a church, have kind of experienced a lot of fun stuff, ups and downs, not so fun stuff. You know, we, we've lived through some, some financial challenges and some moving challenges. Uh, we lived through me having cancer in 2009. I mean, uh, we've been through a lot as a church. If you guys were a part of our family for that time, and if not, if you're new to the family, then we're just glad that you're here part of it. I do want to say this about our church right now. These are all like soft opening services. That means um, we want your friends to come, but maybe not in the next few weeks. All right, because there is so much that is going to be repaired. And if they come in on a week where there's like, like sound, like reverb and like feedback and, you know, and the projection falls out of the ceiling or something, because we're going to have like projectors hanging from the ceiling. And if there's a week, we don't want them here that week, right? Family, we can deal with that stuff, right? So we want your friends to come. And if you can't wait, have them come. Just explain, hey, we're, we're moving in. We still are updating. But, but just kind of know that in about a month, at the end of this series, we're going to be ready for you to invite anybody, anytime. Um, now, just to kind of show you a little bit of before and after, let's take a look at some of these pictures before and after. This is what we saw when we said, we found a place. And then when you guys saw this, you're like, our pastor's lost his mind, right? Like, where's the door? And I'm like, there isn't one, because there wasn't. That's, that's the loading dock for Tuesday morning. I'm like, well, where's the door going to be? And we're like, where the dumpsters are at? Where's the dumpster going to go? It's going to, we don't know yet. We didn't know. 
and there's this ramp, and there's a loading dock, and they're like, all that's gone, right? This is what we have now. You guys saw it when you came in, but this is it now, and it's even better than that, right? Our sign, the vibe, will be up in the next coming weeks, all right? So just kind of know it's going through a permit process right now, so, so you see that. Let's see a couple of the, this building, let's see it a while back ago. Look at this. This is when we walked in and we're like, no, 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 no. We could see it. We could like see it. It's like, you know, the fixer up where they have like the computer and all of a sudden it, it sketches out an animation. You know, we could see it, right? And uh, let's look at a couple more pictures. So this is the lobby. Boom. That's what it looks like, right? So that before is this. Let's look at a couple more pictures. Um, this is the bathrooms. If anybody been to the bathroom yet? Just curious. No, there's that many people that have not been to the bathroom. That's usually like the first place women go, and guys are just curious, right? We just got to see what the bathroom looks like at least one. Even if I don't need to go, I want to see what the place's bathroom looks like, right? So uh, the bathrooms, this is what they were. I'm like, all right, we can put the bathrooms right there in this area here. And I thought there's no concrete, so it would be easy for plumbing. And this is what we have now. We have, we have bathrooms. That's a hallway and bathrooms. And, and if you haven't been inside, this is what it looks like. And those of you that are guys, that's what the ladies' restroom looks like. So There's nobody in there. Uh, there's going to be uh, lights going to be hung in there. We're going to put some greenery. So even, even the bathrooms are going to look, this place is just going to look sweet, all right? It looks sweet now. It's just going to get better and better. All right, let's look at some more. Uh, this was the auditorium. This pole right there are these poles right here, that, that space in the middle. Go to the next one and see that that. The installation, that's all upstairs. That's that right there. We hadn't even seen it. We, we wanted this space before we could even see. We signed a contract before we even saw upstairs. Because the guy says, the guy who owns the place said, I hadn't seen upstairs. He goes, I don't even know what's up there. You know why? Because he didn't have any stairs. There are no stairs to upstairs. He says, if you can get up there, you can have that for no additional cost. And we're like, well, whatever's back there, we want it, Right? And ended up, we took the wall down, and it was bigger than we expected. It was about a 500 square, uh, square feet bigger, so it's a total of 2,000 square feet up there. And uh, I think we got one more of this room here. That's the lobby before this wall was put up in the bathrooms. Go ahead to the next one. I like this one particularly because all this ground, see this, this fresh concrete? There was plumbing. That hole is this hole right here. And so there's a, a lot of work that went in. Let's go to the next one. And this is what you're sitting in right now, all right? So this is what it looks like before you came. Those of you that came early and get to sit down here. No more chilling in the lobby, I guess, huh? All right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's look. I think we got just a couple more. This was last night at band practice. They're, they're just kind of working out uh, the audio and just, man, worshiping God. Guess what? Today. First time in like 11 years that they haven't had to get early, here early and unload a trailer. Isn't that awesome? So this, they were pretty happy. They were here last night doing sound check and doing, and just going through audio. And, and uh, they're going to be up here a lot because they, they're, they're loving it and they want to tweak everything. So let's go to the next one. I think that, and that's looking up uh, from that balcony right there. And if you can't, if you haven't been up there, this is what it looks like. This next one. Um, it's nothing. It's just a big open space right now. We've got some chairs. Eventually, we're going to wall in some of those areas, but um, that's it. I think there's, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of, guys, listen, living for Jesus is worth it. 
all right? Living for Jesus is worth it. The adventure, the excitement. Um, next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue this series on 1 Timothy. But today, I just want to take a few minutes to share a little bit about our church and the vision of our church. Because as we have our first official service, last week was an accidental service. This week, our official service, I want to reiterate kind of some foundational stuff with our church. After the resurrection, as Jesus was about to say, I love you guys, and now it's time to infect the world, Jesus met with his disciples, and he gave him this, gave them this information. This is in Matthew 28, verse 18 and 20. Those of you that are Christians might know this is called the Great Commission. It says this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Everybody say all authority. Not a government authority. Not, not a, nobody gave Jesus authority. All right? You don't give him authority. He has authority. All right? This is so, well, you don't, you don't give Jesus your life. You know, he has your life. It's whether you surrender to it and submit to it or not. That is a whole other story. He has authority. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me by the Father. All right? That's what that means. The Father, who is the invisible, omnipresent God, became a man. And then this invisible, omnipresent God said, all right, Jesus, now you are me in the flesh. All authority is now found in you. Right? So he says this. Therefore, Jesus says... He says, I give you this suggestion. Jesus says, I'm going to give you this kind of idea that if you, if you can squeeze it into your schedule, go ahead and do this. He doesn't do this. He says, I have authority over everything, and I'm going to give you an assignment. I have authority over your life, and I'm telling you, he says, go. I have authority, therefore, go. That's movement. And make disciples. That word disciples means followers. All right, so it's disciples of Jesus, which means followers of Jesus. Not converts, not believers, but followers of Jesus. Those who lead people to know and to follow in the life and the faith of Jesus Christ. All right? He says, just do it in your neighborhood. Just do it to your family. No, he says this. He says, to all nations, that means, yes, your family, yes, your coworkers, yes, your classmates, but yes, to the world, yes, to, to South Texas, right? Yes, to those hurricane victims, yes, to Honduras. We're going to Honduras in, in December on missions. Some of you guys have, have different mission trips you're going to. I know my daughter and Sierra, they're joining YWAM this next month, and they're going to be going to the world. So yes to the nations. We have a responsibility to the world, everybody. Listen, Jesus has authority and says your responsibility is your family and the world, all right? Starts home, moves out. He says, all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What we believe matters. Okay, we broke this down before. We did, we're not just joining a Christian club. We are walking into a, not just a belief system, but a life system that is based upon theological ideas of who God is. So he says, baptizing, that means put them in the water, immerse them in the water as a recognition of a new life in Jesus. We're having baptism Information's in the worship guide. If you have not been baptized, or maybe you wandered from the faith, and it's maybe you got baptized as a kid, and you're like, you know what? I, I want to start fresh with Jesus. I want to begin all brand new again. I want to challenge you 
to be baptized and to join us for our baptism batch, information in the worship guide. But Jesus said, go and make disciples and baptize them. That's an outward expression of what God's doing on the inside. And he says, a public declaration of faith and, everybody say and. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, not just a prayer, not just walk an aisle, not just sign a card, not just join a church, but help them to mature and grow up in Jesus. He says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That means Jesus is like, I got you. Jesus says, no matter how far you're running, no matter how far this road with me might take you, no matter how hard it gets, no matter the struggle of this command, of this challenge, he says, I am with you. Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. For those of us that are children of God, he's got us. Isn't that good news? So that's our assignment, Living Way, and that is what we are to be about. This is what we exist for. This is why we have the vibe. All right, everybody say the vibe. V-I-V-E. All right, not vibe, all right, or vive. (laughs) Vive, all right, it's a multi-language word rooted in Latin that means life, okay? And this place is a place that is meant to be a place of life. The church are you and me. The church is not this building. The church is not the chairs that that many of you bought. The church is not the paint or these girders. The church is not this building. You are the church. Every person that gathers together in the name of Jesus Christ, a part of the body of Christ, we are the church. This is just a tool. This is just a building for God's purpose for the commission that he's given us, all right? So that's why we are calling this the vibe. It's going to be, our goal is for it to be open every day, all the time. I will remind you about that in a minute. So three things this verse points out, and then we're going to have communion. First thing is this, three things that we are be about. Number one is we are to reach out and to draw people to Jesus. What that means for us as a church, that means we are to reach out to everyone. If I say everyone. Everyone, Jesus focused on the ones that were socially rejected. And this is one of the things I love about our church. Our church doesn't really look like church, does it? I mean, you might come in and see the band and go, who let the hobos on stage? I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to find the word, how to work hobo into a sentence. Actually, the band, they are beautiful and good-looking men and women on the stage. I'm just kidding. But, you know, you go to some churches and they're like in like super ultra color-coded, you know, clothing. And, man, they're like, it's like, all right, today, this week, it's blue and orange. So everybody wear blue and orange. Orange doesn't look good. Well, too bad you're on the worship band. So you're in orange this week. So you got this. But here, you know, we have, we, we, you know, it's, it's different, you know. This experience is, I'm wearing jeans today. That's kind of normal for us. But, you know, for a lot of churches, I actually, I'm wearing, hey, look, everybody. I got my shirt tucked in. (laughs) Easter and opening Sunday. Here's the thing. I've actually had people leave our church because I didn't tuck my shirts in. Well, then this isn't the church for you. I've actually had people say, are we ever going to have a bell choir? I'm like, we will never have a bell choir, ever. 
not even as a special ministry. We won't have a, like, I'm out of here. Well, you know, there's another church that has a bell choir, and they would probably love you there. We love you here too, but you're not going to love us. The idea is that this is not the place for everybody. This is a place, in fact, Jesus hung out with the sick in spirit and the notorious. You realize that, right? He hung out with the bad boys. He hung out with the bad girls. He hung out with the people that nobody wanted. Church should be full of messed up people who are meeting Jesus and maturing in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm still a little messed up. Anybody here messed up? If you're messed up, just a little bit, raise your hand. The rest of you are liars, so now put your hand up now because you've done messed up. All right. We are, it means that we are to meet people at their place of need or place of, um, a place where God is working in them. And Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. That means he taught, that's, remember, it says he taught the kingdom of God and what else did he do? He healed the sick. You know what that means? That means he met them at their spiritual need and he met them at a practical need. Guys, our church is about meeting the spiritual need of our community and the world and the natural, the physical needs of the world and our community. That is why our outreach is so important and so crucial to helping people to know Jesus. We, we can't just sit on a corner with a megaphone and shout, you know, repent for the end is near. That may be, it may not be, right? But where's your point of need? How can I help you? How can I love on you? Jesus didn't just go, hey, the kingdom is coming. No, Jesus went out and he healed the sick. He met them at a very practical place of their need. And that exactly is what we are supposed to do. It's both spiritual and practical. It means that we will do whatever it takes to reach people in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9.19, the apostle Paul told the church this. He says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. It's like, what? He says, man, I am free, but I am making myself a slave to everyone. That means whatever the world needs of me to be able to help them to know Jesus better, I am here for them. What an attitude, right? What a beautiful attitude. What a great, man, what if we lived in such a way that we said, hey, neighbor, hey, world, hey, friends, I am here for you. What do you need from me? What do you need uh, that I can help you with? This is how he changed the world at their point of contact. The stakes are high. We're not playing Monopoly. We're talking heaven and hell, broken homes and broken hearts. People need his hope. So that is what we are primarily about. The second thing that Great Commission tells us is that we are to teach people how to live the Christian life. That's why I don't preach just good devotional sermons and self-help sermons that, you know, 25 minutes, one and done, high five, have a great week. This is not what it's about. This is about discipling. I give you notes. I give you some meat. I give you something to flesh out this walk of God with yours. That's why we challenge you to be in a life team. We want you in a small group because this is just scratching the surface of community the live teams take Sunday's message and then they dig into it a little bit deeper so that you can mature and develop in your walk with God and talk about it with each other. You know what this is? This is pep rally style. One or two people up front, 
give me a J, J, right? And we're just, hey, live for Jesus, it's awesome, get out there. But this is not where real church happens. You know where real church happens? In the house, in a circle, breaking bread, hands on each other's shoulders, helping each other when you need the help the most, being there at a point of maturity and developing that relationship. This is what it is about. This is what um, the Apostle Paul said to the church in Ephesians. He says this, chapter 4, verse 21, he says, Church is not a birthing station only, it is to be a growing station as well. Look, surely you heard of him and were taught in him. In accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He's saying this, we are to be about helping you to grow up. Who wants to grow up here? Everybody but the kids, right? Nobody, and the kids don't want to grow up. Some of you young adults don't want to grow up either. Some of you adults, it's you're past that decision. You need to grow up, right? This is what it's about. The church is not, I'm a, hey, I did my church duty, give me my gold star, I checked the list, great way to start the week. This is about developing maturity, all right? This is a life-altering thing. Here's the third thing, the last thing. This great challenge of ours is we are to send, we are to be about sending people into the world for kingdom ministry. Okay? It's our DNA. Understanding this, every person who is a follower of Jesus Christ is a missionary. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to tell yourself right now, say, I am a missionary. If you are a Christian, you are. Are a missionary. That means you have a mission. And what is that mission? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, making disciples of all men and women, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's your mission. That's not my mission. That's our mission, right? That's what I do. That's what you do. And particularly, it's what we are to do together. We do this together. That's what every church in the country, around the world, on every continent, every Christian church is about this right here. How can I take the hope that I have to a world that is broken and hurting and needing hope? That is what we are to do, to take the kingdom that is in heaven and somehow through our life bring it to earth so that they can have a snapshot of what is to come when Jesus returns so that we can prepare the hearts of those that are hurting and to see healing in the homes and lives of those around us. That is what we are to be about. And you are that missionary. I'm never going to go to your workplace unless you work at McDonald's or Wendy's or something. I'll be there this week, I'm sure. Right? I like fast food, ain't going to lie. I have a good metabolism. That's why I tuck my shirt in. (laughs) Those of you that's why you wear your shirt out. Isn't that, aren't you glad that was a style that came in like 20 years and it never left? All the guys who uh, had struggles tucking their shirt are like, thank the Lord for fashion, right? Here's the deal. God placed you here on earth for a purpose. I'm not going to your school tomorrow. I'm not going to your workplace tomorrow. I, I don't live in your neighborhood. I won't have that conversation with your neighbor, but you will. You are the missionary. The U.S. population grew 15%. The number of people who attended church in the last five years has dropped 50%. 
Those who consider themselves Christians in the United States is down 12%. In fact, statistically it's said that 700 people a day stop reading their Bible. And only one in five, one in five, only one in five Christians say they read their Bible. We have a dilemma here, all right? It shouldn't be that every, you know, every person in this room, let me put it this way, should have a I help someone know Jesus story. If you don't have one, it's time to embrace that missionary calling that you have and help someone see Jesus in your life. Every Christian, you have one mission. Bring the kingdom to earth through your life, through your walk, through your words. Help people meet Jesus. Every Christian should have a I help someone meet Jesus story. Whether that means you brought them to church, you, you had a small group meeting, you brought them to your life team, or you personally were able to lead someone to Christ through a series of conversations. It may take months, it may take years, but you're a part of it. Every person should have that story because that is what we're here for. The church is not meant to be an audience, but an army equipped for ministry to reach out. In fact, the book of Acts tells the story of the early church. And, and basically it begins where Jesus ascended into heaven and it ends like abruptly because the acts of the church are still going on. But check this out. There's 40 miracles in the book of Acts in a 30-year period. All right, that's 30 years that the book of Acts covers. 40 miracles are mentioned over like big miracles over 30 years, 39 of them happened outside of their gathering. So they didn't come together and have these altar lines and these miracle services. And Church is just the place where we are equipped and then sent out. And guess where the miracles happen in the book of Acts? At work, at school, with their neighbor, on the street, with the people they ran into. That is what the church is about. If the only time you think about, man, if I could just get them in this building, that would be great. They could be, they could be discipled. They make me Jesus. That'd be great. But you might, you're their only hope. You are the world's only hope. That is what this is about. God never called us to be biblical. That means to live in a Bible bubble. The church is to be a place that is planting church, multiplying ourselves. We'll be judged not by our seating capacity, which is good because we don't have much. We will not be judged by our seating capacity, but by our sending capacity. Jesus will not go, great building. Man, the lobby looks cool. And he won't say, man, the kids program, cool program. No, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is based upon, did you fulfill the great commission? Did you send? Did you multiply? Did you make disciples? All right, notice our three Ds of our church, our discover, develop, deploy. That's what I just read. Those three things are these three issues. Discover the help and healing of Jesus Christ. This is our mission. This is our statement. It's in every worship guide. It's what we are about. It's what we will always be about. Helping people discover the hope and healing of Jesus. Help them to develop maturity in that relationship with Jesus and to deploy them into the world in the name of Jesus. This is what we are about. We are about this movement. We are still uh, trying to figure out where are you in this process of movement? Are you still trying to discover Jesus? Then just sit tight because I believe you're going to meet him. 
if you just keep coming? Where are you on this journey? Are you still seeking? Or maybe you're growing. Maybe you're maturing. Maybe you've decided, man, I'm finally going to join a life team. I'm finally going to get involved. I'm finally going to volunteer. I, I, I'm going to get plugged in. I'm going to mature. I'm going to take notes. I'm going I'm to read the Bible on Mondays, not just on Sunday mornings on a screen. I'm going to bring it myself or I'm going to be prepared. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow. You're going to embrace that process. Or maybe you're serving. Maybe you're giving. Maybe you're reaching. Maybe you've signed up for a Honduras trip, or you're going to help out on Young Life on Monday nights, or you're serving in our youth group, or you're volunteering with Kid Venture, and you're helping to disciple our kids or our teenagers, and you're changing the world. Where are you on that process? This is what I think is cool about, about the vibe. In 2011, well, let's go back a little bit. In 2009, when I had cancer, I was pretty much, you know, in and out on any given week, and I had a lot of people who filled in pulpit for me. I was real thankful for that. After the first few months, I preached every week, no matter how sick I was. But that year, God really began to speak into me about the future of our church, and God put in my heart a vision for the Vive, a place that would be open every week, that would be a venue, that would be eventually a coffee shop, that would be a place for counseling and benevolence and outreach and basically a tool for the kingdom of God, not a church, because I don't think the city needs another church. They need a place that's impacting and changing the world more effectively. So part of that is was the vibe, and that's really what God put in my heart. And I shared it with our church in 2010, and we've been talking about it at least twice a year at our State of the Church in January and our State of the Church in July. I've been talking about it at least twice a year since 2010. I was looking up one of my sermons last night, 2011. This came out of my notes. In September, this is September, so eight years ago, September 11, this is what I said. This is verbatim out of my notes. It says, so where are we going in our future? This is a quote from my notes. Where I feel God is leading us. Our future, the vibe. And it's not a building, and it's not about a building, but about people. It's for our youth. It's for our outreach. It's for concerts. It's a place for people to fellowship, a coffee lounge, a counseling center, a place of community, a place of culture, a place of life, a place of hope. And I said in my notes, I said it may take one or eight years. It's as we grow and as God give, as you give and as God provides. Guess what? September 2011, is that years ago, this month. And you know what? God answered that prayer. Now, we didn't move on that until we felt like God was releasing us from the AMC. But when the time came, man, it was the last year. Getting things ready has been a struggle. But God did it. God did it. Amen. Proverbs says this. Yeah, amen. Give God the glory for that. Proverbs says this. It says this in 29.18. It says, where there is no vision, where there is calzon, that means a dream, a revelation, or a vision, the ability to see something that's not in front of you. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What that means is they wander aimlessly. They cast off restraint. They just get lost. All right, or they cycle into self-destructive behavior. Guys, listen, this has been a vision uh, of ours uh, since that season of, of, of hardship in my life. And God, you know, I believe if you're going through a hard time, and that's when God is going to give you a vision for your life. I believe that. 
If you're in a season of struggle, if you're in a season of, of trial, maybe you're going through a sickness or maybe things are just really challenging for you financially or in your marriage, you know what? This is the season, those are the moments when you get on your face and you say, God, I just need you. And he says, you know what? I got you and here's what I have for you. So hold on to this because I've got you and I've got something special for you. Vision is seeing what God has designed for us, but it hasn't happened yet. Knowing our vision, we're able to step out. What looks impossible to us is possible for God. You know, we were told this would not happen. I'm going to have our leadership meeting today, and, you know, this renovation cost about, uh, about $380,000. You know how much we paid? We will have paid about $80,000. Okay? What about the rest of it? The owners have invested into this space. They said this little space here more than any other spaces in the shopping center. This little bitty space right here. They won't even turn a profit for it until we are about to wrap up our lease, right, in about six, seven years. They're just going to break even in about six years. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. These guys are like great businessmen. They heard our heart. They saw this space and like, hey, you know what? Nobody wants this. Nobody wants, they, could, they couldn't give this away. We got this at a really great deal. They invested in it. God did a miracle. What we thought was impossible, God says, I got you. It is possible. Because God is big and God is able and God is faithful. Ephesians uh, 3.20. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power, not our power, his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. That means for every person in this room, whether you're a baby or a grown-up grown or a senior, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right, I want you to imagine real second for a second what you think God can do in your life. Just for a second, think about it. What could God do in my life? Now think about it. Some of you guys, you, you need a miracle in your family, in your home, in your life, in your work, in your finance. You need a miracle, you know, because God's put something in your heart and you, you just want to see it happen. Think about it. What is it that God can do that you need him to do? All right, you got it? Now, imagine bigger. Imagine greater. Because he is able to do, I love this immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. So stop with your little dreams. Stop with your little ideas. If only this could happen. Trust to know that God can do immeasurably more than what you could ever imagine. So when I speak of dream today, I think of this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a good future for you. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.